and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, a podcast aimed at making your quilting life more fun and creative while connecting with quilters just like you. Join the staff of the magazines you love for a great episode filled with tips and tricks. Enjoy! Hello, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. Did anyone go Black Friday or Small Business Saturday shopping this weekend? I actually had most of my shopping done already, uh, so I stayed home to sew, but for many of us, this week marks the start of the shopping season before Christmas. So our staff thought it was the perfect time to share some of our favorite things in case you're still making a list or looking for gifts to give other quilters in your life. Some of the ideas are very practical and useful, uh, and some are just for fun. So I'm going to hand the mic over to our staff now. This is Doris, editor of American Patchwork and Quilting. A few of my favorite things. Hmm. Well, as someone who goes to sewing days and retreats every chance I get, I love my Tudo bag for transporting my sewing machine. I love that it's lightweight, folds up for storage, has so many pockets to hold rulers, notions, instructions, just about anything I might need. I received mine for Christmas in 2020, and it has gotten a lot of use since then. Another item you might want to add to your shopping list is a tool one of our quilt testers, Julie Doy, recently introduced me to. It is the Herdy One Ruler by Latifa Safir Studios. The ruler is designed for making half rectangle triangles with easier cutting, sewing, and squaring up. I've always struggled with these units. Typically, you need to use a template, and it is so easy to cut shapes backwards and mess up piecing them. This ruler is designed to take all of the pain out of half rectangle triangles and allows you to make 14 different sizes as well as skinny half rectangle triangles. For me, this is definitely one of those, why didn't I think of that products? Hi, I'm Elizabeth Stembo, art director for American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine. I love opening presents, but for me, the real fun begins when I start researching for the perfect present for my loved ones. Lucky for me, I have many quilters in my family, so it makes shopping for them a bit easier since we have the same interests. Some of my favorite presents to give and receive are the gift of experiences rather than physical objects. In the past, I've gifted family members tickets to concerts and musicals. So I started thinking about what kind of experiences quilters would most enjoy. I believe that at our core, quilters are all lifelong learners. So tickets to a quilt museum or a subscription to an online class or lecture would all fit the category of experiences and make great gifts, in my opinion. If the quilter in your life has mentioned a specific skill they want to improve or learn this year, such as improvisational quilting or perhaps machine quilting, you could consider purchasing them a gift certificate to a local quilt shop so that they can choose their own class. Last year, I received a subscription to Skillshare, which is a website that offers thousands of online classes in a variety of creative hobbies, including quilting. I had so much fun exploring and learning new skills throughout the year. And I know it sounds cheesy, but it really did feel like the gift that kept on giving. 
I also love the idea of gifting someone a project kit so that they have all the supplies they need to start a new creative endeavor. This is an especially great gift for new quilters, in my opinion, who may not already own many sewing notions or have a large fabric stash. Small embroidery or wool kits are also a great place to start, and they can be really fun projects to start and finish while often learning a new skill. Kits also provide a fun activity to help fight off boredom during the long winter season, so the recipient will have extra reason to thank you for such a thoughtful gift. Some of my favorite wool kits are from Buttermilk Basin, and Cozy Blue Handmade sells the most adorable embroidery kits. I hope I've given you a couple of gift ideas for the quilters on your shopping list this holiday season. Happy shopping! Hi, I'm Beth, and today I'm sharing a few things that would be great gifts for your quilty friends or treat yourself. I won't judge. I always love a cute pair of scissors. If you ask me, you can never have too many scissors since they always seem to disappear at my house. I like to keep several around my workspace, so I always have a pair handy. Fiskars has a new designer series with the most adorable patterned handles. I also love the Tula Pink scissors that look like an oil slick. They're easy to spot when my workspace gets messy and they just look cool. And one of my favorite things to gift is a pair of stork scissors. I think they're just so classic and cute and the price point is usually under $15 or so, which is perfect for a little gift or stocking stuffer. They're small, so the pair I have always stay in my binding supply container. Another tool I use frequently is a small square ruler. My favorite is a six and a half inch square. I find myself reaching for it constantly for marking and trimming units, and it's also great for squaring up those six-inch blocks. The small size allows me to easily keep it next to me at my sewing table where I have a smaller mat as well. I think this would be a great gift since I feel like you can always use another ruler. And probably my favorite gift I've ever received is extra bobbins. My husband gifted me two packs of bobbins a couple years ago, and it was probably my favorite gift that year. I keep several filled with white so I can pop in a new bobbin quickly when I'm piecing. And having a lot of bobbins allows me to keep pre-filled bobbins in multiple colors for top stitching and quilting. And then I feel like I don't waste as much thread either since I'm not unspooling bobbins just to rewind with another color. It makes it so easy to switch thread when I don't have to fill a bobbin. I can just pop the bobbin in and get back to my quilting fun. If you are gifting them, just make sure you get the correct brand bobbins for the recipient's sewing machine, since bobbins are specific to the sewing machine brand, even though they may look the same. Happy quilty shopping this season! Hi, I'm Allison. When it comes to giving gifts to quilters, I think about items I've received that I've appreciated. It's not uncommon for my mom, a fellow quilter, to give me sewing basics for the holidays. These sewing basics have included sewing machine needles, rotary cutter blades, neutral colored machine thread, and hand binding needles. Although they may not be as exciting as opening up the latest and greatest or cutest new notion to hit the market, they're exciting to me because I don't have to buy them when I run out. In fact, I can't recall the last time I went to the store to stock up on these basic supplies. 
I've made gifts in the past for fellow quilters, which has been fun, but there's always the added pressure of, I hope they like it. That pressure goes away when you're curating items that you know the person uses regularly. No, it might not feel like the most exciting thing to wrap and give, but you know it'll be appreciated and get used. So if you're feeling stumped about what to get some of your quilting friends, maybe consider sticking to the basics. If someone asks you for a list of gift ideas they could purchase for you, write down some of your favorite supplies and make sure to be specific, especially if the person gifting to you is not a quilter. For example, if I wanted a certain type of machine needle, I'd list sewing machine needles, Schmetz brand, universal, size 8012. If you really wanted to go above and beyond, you could even list a store or website where the person could find the items easily. Giving and receiving gifts can be stressful, so try sticking to the basics to avoid getting burnt out and overwhelmed. Hey, it's Lindsay again. One of my absolute favorite things that I use almost every time I'm in my sewing room is a nice notebook. I'm constantly taking notes on projects, sketching out designs, uh, doing math, and making to-do lists. And in the past, while I just have used scraps of paper or maybe just a simple plain pad of paper, it's much more fun to have a nice notebook or journal, uh, maybe even something with graph paper sheets. Um, and you can find fun notebooks for fairly cheap at, you know, Target, Michaels, or any other home and craft store. And then you can pair it with a nice pen or pencil or even a set of colored pencils. I know that's something I would just love to receive. I also love pre-printed labels on either a fabric panel or a sheet of fusible. And once I bought pre-printed labels for my sewing space, it made it so easy to label all of my quilts. Um, I've been doing it for all of my projects and gifts for I think more than five years now using the same fabric panel of labels I bought. So it's worth the price. Many fabric companies sell panels with labels now. So you can just do a quick Google search for quilt label panels and a variety will come up. These are usually like generic ones that you fill in the details with your own pen, um, but you can also buy custom labels. I personally love the custom labels from Sweetwater Co., which allow you to, um, you know, choose from a series of designs and then you can customize them with your name, the year, uh, maybe even your city or state, and then any other details you want. Um, I got a set of iron-on Christmas labels a few years back from them, and they're so festive and fun. Um, and every year I use them on my Christmas projects and it makes it so easy. And lastly, a quick shout out to the third hand binding folder clip. Uh, it's a small device that you clamp to the end of your ironing board, and then you thread your binding through it. And then this little device folds your binding in half as you pull it through. So I put my iron down on my ironing board so the binding pulls right under the iron. So it presses at the same time I'm folding it through the device. It makes the act of binding like 10 times faster and easier. I don't have burned fingers from touching hot fabric or getting too close to the iron. Um, I, I honestly like the binding process, so I don't mind the work, but this tool makes it so much quicker to finish your quilts. Um, I actually just made two sets of binding this weekend, and it probably took me five minutes total. It was so fast, um, so highly recommend.
So now we did talk through a lot of ideas and products um, in this in this segment. So if we mention specific products, I'll link to them in the show notes so that you can check them out more. So we have to take a quick ad break now, but when we come back, we're sharing some listener tips and what a staff member is working on now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Now it's time for listener tips, where our podcast listeners share some brilliant ideas. So this first email is from Deanna. After hearing us answer a listener question about crazy quilts on episode 573, she wrote in with a few tips of her own for making crazy quilts. She says, listening to the episode where you highlighted crazy patchwork, During lockdown here in Britain, I decided to give it a go using my scraps and combining it with quilt as you go. As it was done in each panel, I used sew and flip straight onto the batting. When I attached the backing, I used a zigzag stitch in a bright contemporary color. In case any other listeners are interested in having a go, I have a couple of tips. Start with quite small pieces, as otherwise you very quickly need large pieces to complete a side. When quilting with a zigzag stitch, I found that the neatest results were given by following the rounds so that the row that crossed the start and finish point sealed in the stitches. Great tips, Deanna. I love the idea of doing it in a quilt-as-you-go method and then quilting it with zigzag stitches. So simple, but beautiful. And now I have a few tips from our magazine readers to share. This one is from Annette. She says, after my mother-in-law passed away, I made a quilt from some of her t-shirts. Unfortunately, I could not find a specific shirt I wanted to include. I did, however, have a photo of my husband, his mother, and his siblings all wearing the t-shirt. I transferred the photo to fabric and used it as my label. It added a nice extra memory to the quilt. Carol said, I use a snap-closing eyeglass case to carry handwork project supplies when I'm traveling by car or plane. It fits in my purse or sewing container. One case can hold thread, needles, thimble, small scissors, and even a few pieces of fabric for piecing. I have used my case to hold supplies for embroidery, hand quilting, and hand applique. Lisa says... When preparing to iron applique shapes that have sharp or curved edges, I put starch in a small dropper bottle. This way, I can apply the starch where I want, and it doesn't make a mess of my ironing board. Linda Lee says, I got tired of unfolding fabric in my stash to see how much I had. Now, when I first fold a fabric piece, I write the amount of yardage on a scrap of paper and tuck the scrap into the top fold. It's a real time saver. 
I always love hearing tips and sewing hacks. So please email me any you have to apqpodcast at meredith.com. Now I'm handing the mic over to Allison for what's on your workspace. Take it away, Allison. I've recently started a new project that involves lots of tiny pieces. In the October 2022 issue of American Patchwork and Quilting, there's a pattern called Tiny Tracks by Darlene Zimmerman. The original quilt is made up of small bear paw blocks using traditional looking fabrics. Each block finishes at just three inches square, so you can imagine how tiny all of the individual pieces are. I've always been drawn to more traditional blocks and coming up with ways to modernize them through color and print. I fell in love with this pattern as soon as I saw it and knew I need to make it, but with my own little colorful twist. To start, I decided to go for a rainbow palette. I've made rainbow colored quilts in the past and they've ended up being some of my favorites. After doing a little bit of research and math, I discovered that I could make eight half square triangles at once using a five inch square. The original pattern has you making two at a time. Instead of digging through my scrap bins, I decided to pull from my pre-cut charm pack stash. I selected which collections I was willing to break apart and then sorted pieces by color. There weren't many white or light fabrics in the pre-cuts I chose, so I ended up cutting from yardage in order to get the backgrounds I needed. I'm not following the pattern in terms of number of blocks and overall layout, so I started by choosing seven fabrics for each color. That should get me to around 100 blocks total. I'm just going to wait and see what that amount of blocks looks like before I decide if I want to make more. Once all of my fabric was selected and cut, I marked lines on the back of light fabric so I could start sewing the eight at a time half square triangles. The small half square triangles did require trimming, which (laughs) took quite a long time. I'm now at the stage where I'm making larger half square triangles that will serve as the middle portion of the bear paw blocks. I've certainly started an ambitious project, but I tend to really enjoy repetitive sewing. It allows me to zone out and just relax while I assemble. Like the majority of my quilt projects, I'm not on any sort of deadline, so there's a good chance that this quilt will take me quite a while to complete. If you want to check in on my progress, you can head to my Instagram at Allison Gam. Thanks, Allison. I absolutely adore the project she's working on and the colors she's using. So you should definitely check her out on Instagram to see her progress. We're going to take another quick ad break, but when we come back, we're sharing details about our staff quilt retreat and hearing stories of quilters making a difference in their communities. Welcome back. A few weeks ago, our staff went on a three-day quilt retreat, and I wanted to share some details. So before the pandemic, we used to go on a quilt retreat once a year, uh, but we haven't done one in quite a while. So we finally planned one at Prairie Point of Pella. It's a one-year-old retreat center in Pella, Iowa, um, just about an hour drive from our offices. 
The retreat center is right in the heart of town. It was just a short walk from the town square, had lots of cute shops and restaurants in the area. And Pella is actually a historical town. They're known for their Dutch heritage, their tulip festival, their windmill, and they have the most delicious Dutch pastries. While we were there, the whole town was decorated for Christmas. Uh, We all felt like we were in a Hallmark movie. Um, And although it was a little snowy and it was so, so cold, uh, we were able to walk around a little, enjoying the sights and the tastes. Um, We even did a little bakery hop where we went from bakery to bakery buying breads and pastries and cookies. We bought meats and cheeses. It was fantastic. The retreat space includes a home. And then it has a garage that's converted into the sewing space. So there are two separate buildings, which is really nice because you felt like you had a lot of space for both sewing and then relaxing over a meal at the end of the night. So it felt very spacious. Um, And the separate building was also good because um, some of our staff are really early morning people. You know, we like to start. I am one of those. I like to start sewing first thing when I wake up. Um, While others were late night sewers, um, one person even stayed up until 3 a.m. all the nights we were there. So um, having that separate space meant there was no noise problems in the house, um, you know, if there's sewing machines in the same living space. So that was nice. The house sleeps 12 people. It has three bedrooms and two and a half baths. I mean, also had a large kitchen and dining room. It had a living area with the television. There was free Wi-Fi. And uh, the retreat space, the sewing space also fit 12 people. Uh, And it was great. It had so many outlets everywhere. There was um, extension cords, lights on each table, a cutting table, two ironing boards. um, And it also had like a sink, a fridge, and a little wet bar area to put snacks and drinks. We were lucky that we only had five people at our retreat, so it felt kind of like a luxury to have multiple tables for each of us to spread out on, and that was really handy because I was um, machine quilting two very large throws, so I actually had three tables uh, I could stack up to myself uh, to support the weight of the quilt, so that made it so easy for me to make progress. We were there from Friday through Sunday. Uh, We cooked all of our own meals while we were there so that we could really maximize our sewing time. Um, Although we all did agree that we needed to come back in summer when it was warmer so that we could enjoy the town a little more and walk around and go out to some of the restaurants. Just so nice to relax in each other's company. Um, And it was actually crazy how much each of us got done. I don't think we were all expecting to have so much time to, you know, sew. And we actually did take a video of everything that we accomplished at the retreat um, and also gave a little tour of the retreat space. And that video is part of our Behind the Seams monthly video series, um, and that will be airing in a few days. So we'll link to it in the show notes if you're curious, but wait a few days if you're listening right away to see it. Um, All in all, it was a great weekend. It was fun. It was productive. And it was just awesome to be around such creative people uh, without needing to talk about work like we usually do in the office. We highly recommend Prairie Point of Pella if you're in Iowa or even if you want to travel farther to a retreat space. Um, The town has tons to do, so out-of-towners will find it worth the trip. And if you're not in the area, uh, we hope you can gather some friends and make time to sew together at a retreat space or even by renting an Airbnb for the weekend. It's 
so rejuvenating to have just that uninterrupted time with something you're passionate about and with good people. Now I'm handing the mic over to Allison again for Quilting Changes Everything, a segment where we share stories of quilters making a difference. Take it away, Allison. This first story comes from Saskatchewan, Canada. Members of the Prince Albert Quilt Guild in Prince Albert recently donated 15 quilts to Rose Garden Hospice. This group of quilters has always been generous with their donations to various organizations, such as providing quilts to Ukrainian refugees and care homes in the Prince Albert area. The goal for the hospice unit is to make patients' experiences as comfortable as possible, and the quilts will provide that comfort along with some vibrancy. Victoria Elliott Erickson, the secretary and longest standing board member of the Rose Garden Hospice Association, was extremely grateful for the donation. She said, These quilts are beautiful and I'm sure they will brighten the rooms. Not only the guests themselves, but the families and close friends will appreciate the bits of color that each of them brings. They will be well loved by the people that receive them. The president of the PA Quilt Guild, Gail Kenzie Taylor, said she personally asked the guild to consider donating to Rose Garden Hospice. This first donation of 15 quilts will hopefully be the first of more to come. We work very hard at trying to help organizations in our community, Rose Garden Hospice being just one, said Gail. We're just a big, compassionate group that loves to quilt. Our group has gotten a bit smaller, but it seems like the donations keep on coming in. It's kind of magical what we do. This next story comes from Mesa, Arizona. Being a high school student comes with its own set of challenges, but a student and athlete at Red Mountain High School has had a lot more to juggle in her personal life. Jamie Rusnak is a straight A student and accomplished soccer player, but even more importantly, she is a selfless and caring individual. When Jamie was six years old, her sister was diagnosed with transverse myelitis, a spinal cord disease that can cause sensory problems and weakness in a person's legs. She didn't get to spend a lot of time with her sister after the diagnosis due to long hospital stays, but she made sure to make the most of in-person moments. I learned to take the time we had and really do something with it, said Jamie. If she wasn't feeling good, I'd sit with her and watch TV. I just tried to spend as much time with her and value the time we had. Just two years after her sister's diagnosis, Jamie's mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. That was probably one of the hardest things I've gone through, said Jamie. I really wanted her to be at all my sports events and drive me to school. Even though her mom and sister couldn't always make it to her sporting events, other family and friends showed up to make sure she had someone there supporting her along the way. This support meant so much to Jamie that she decided to give back to others and show the same kind of love and support that she received. Jamie has been interested in sewing since the age of 12 when her aunt gifted her a sewing machine. Now, during her senior year of high school, she has been using her sewing hobby to create blankets to give to local hospitals. She has made and delivered over 300 blankets so far. Jamie's mom said, the social workers are always so shocked each time and they ask, you did this yourself? 
Her friends are all shocked too. Jamie isn't sure what she'll do after she graduates, but she wants to continue helping others in need. I just want to give back to all the people that helped me. They are the ones who shaped me into who I am and helped me have good memories of my childhood. It's important to give back to those people. Thanks so much, Allison. It's so important to donate our time or talents to organizations in need when we can. And I just love hearing how people are helping their communities. Now, before we leave today, I did want to share about an awesome magazine sale we're having right now. So until December 8th, all of our current and back issues of magazines uh, are 50% off. It is our most discounted sale ever. Um, So we have issues of American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilts and More, Quilt Sampler, as well as some of our quilting special magazines uh, dating back to 2018. So if you're missing an issue in your collection or you want to stock up on the newer issues, now is the time to shop. Uh, Quantities are very limited. And once these issues are sold out, we just we don't have any more to sell. So it's best to shop early. So you can visit apqshop.com to check things out. Everyone have a great week. Hi all, and thanks for listening. Keep in touch. American Patchwork and Quilting is on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram at All People Quilt. Email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com. Resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. And if you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week. Thank you.